Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having an absolutely fantastic day today, as always. Hope you guys are staying healthy and safe, as you always should be. And again, thank you for supporting Health Masters for all of your supplement needs. We talked about yesterday very briefly on the uh, show yesterday about the Natokinese on sale for product of the week, over 15% off right now. Be sure to check that out. That is one of the most effective formulas that we have that really helps out as far as with blood viscosity and also breaking down fibrin as far as preventing blood clots. Obviously, blood clots have become a topic in the health industry over the last few years now after the COVID shot has come out along with myocarditis and pericarditis, which are terms and conditions that most people never even heard of before until after the shot rolled out. And so, again, we see a lot of these overwhelmed hospital issues. We see a lot of this overwhelmed hospital billing. We see insurance. See a lot of stuff overwhelmed over the last couple of years because of these health issues. And that's why it's so important to maintain your health the best you can naturally, as it makes a huge difference that you don't have to continually go back and forth to the doctor's office and go see, you know, numerous physicians and have all these insurance payments. I told you guys before, just my personal preference. I haven't had insurance as far as health insurance in years. I dropped it as the premium got so insanely high and I started doing the math. It got up to, I think it was, it was going to be like the next premium jump was going to be like twelve dollars or $1,300 a month for four of us. And then it was like a $7,000 um, uh, $7, uh, deductible. And so I did the math on it. And I was like, by the time one year goes in <laughs> and I pay the deductible, I'm going to have you know upwards of $20,000 tied up for them to start covering stuff. And I realized that a lot of times, in most cases, you can negotiate with the hospital. You just have to know what you're talking about. You know, back uh, probably three years ago now, three or four years ago now, when I broke my wrist up in North Carolina, I had to go to the hospital. Dad went with me, so I had to get my, my wrist set. <laughs> and what was interesting about it is the doctor, when I went in, the physician, they went in and basically had a um, – a, a, they set my wrist. I remember, remember yeah, that? I remember that, And yeah. so I, I went to the doctor's office. I went to the hospital. They did an x-ray. They set my wrist. And what was crazy about it was when I got done, the bill was like $3,200. And I was like, remember that. okay, I said – I'll just, you know, I'm not paying it right now. Send me the bill. We'll negotiate it later. I'm a cash payer. I don't have insurance. So they let me go, discharged me, got the bill in the mails, $3,200 later. I talked to them. I said, listen, I said, I'm a cash payer. I don't have insurance. This isn't going to work. So we negotiated down like $800. I said, fair enough. Saw a doctor, gave me an x-ray. Everybody's worth their time. I get that $800. You know, it was like, he saw me for like 20 minutes. Done deal. What was crazy about it was, if you remember, about a month later, I got another bill from the hospital, and it was from the physician's office and all these other erroneous expenses. It was another like almost $4,000. Now, I'd already paid the original bill with the hospital for $800. It was cleared. I called them up. I said, what's going on with this? They said, well, you, you owe us you know, almost $4,000 now for the <laughs> physician's time. I said, I Whoa. saw him for 20 minutes. I saw him for 20 minutes. He set my wrist. Got it. His time is worth money, but I already paid the bill. And they said, no, 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 separate bill, separate bill. You got to pay this. And I said, I'm not going to pay it. I said, we'll negotiate it down. The hospital gave me 80% off. We'll negotiate it down. They refused to do it. And so eventually they ended up sending it to collections and collections immediately called me and said, by the way, uh, you owe us this money. And I said, okay, how much do I owe you? It was like almost $4,000. I said, no, not going to pay that. Please send me an itemized bill breakdown of every single thing I'm being charged for and where I agreed to pay this additional bill. Couldn't do it. They sent me a letter a week later. Oh, we'll settle for $1,100. I said, 
nah, still not going to work on that. And eventually we ended up settling on pennies on the dollar. And what was crazy about it is this new article comes out here, Dad. It is talks about millions of Americans are trapped in a maze of inflated hospital fees. And there's a reason why I'm bringing this up today. Because what's happened now over the last few years with COVID and all these health injuries that are being health problems that have been going on, so many people are getting these bills. Even when they have insurance, they're getting these bills that are mm. insanely overbloated. And if patients decode the hospital charges, you'll find out that a lot of the stuff you're paying for, a lot of stuff they're charging you for, is massively bloated. In some cases, it's redundant and not even necessary, and some of the stuff you didn't even get. The article here says, recently published in the Journal of American Medical Association, data survey from LeapFrog Group, the nonprofit issues an annual review assessing the quality of care and billing accountability from U.S. hospitals. They looked at 2,270 hospitals and found that 754 facilities had taken legal action against patients, meaning they basically sent them to collections. Additionally, over 1,000 hospitals failed to provide itemized bills within 30 days, violating legal billing requirements. They said the bill most patients get in the mail is a consolidated summary, making it impossible to assess whether or not what you got charged for was accurate or not. They found out as well that over 125 hospitals lack billing representatives, investigation errors, and price adjustments and discount payment options. And went on to say here further that a lot of the bills lack sufficient coding. They said request a UB04 claim form submitted to insurance for patients contains the procedure coding available and the itemized bill of what you're actually getting charged for. They said the healthcare and health policy research analysis shows that medical debt crisis is extending far beyond what it's ever been before. They said 40% of also the medical debt seen by good bill qualifies for hospital financial assistance. This is another thing that I wanted to tell you guys about. If you're dealing with a hospital bill that's outrageous or completely out of control, whether or not you have health insurance or not, look at different options. Talk to a specialist or somebody that's in that field because the thing is, Dad, you, you know as well as I do, when you're dealing with something as massive as a hospital and they're sending all these bills out all the time, the first number and the first bill they give you should never be the one you pay. You should <laughs> always try to negotiate down with them, and that's why I'm trying to give you guys hope and encouragement and also insight to know you don't just have to pay the first bill you get because a lot of times it's not even accurate. What sure. do you think? Uh, you know, I, we use Advent Healthcare. Advent is a good Christian hospital. Uh, they give you phenomenal service. They're really, really good about negotiating the bills with you. You know, I had insurance for years. It jacked up and jacked up and jacked up. It was with State Farm. I don't recommend their hospitalization whatsoever. And by the time I canceled, it was over $2,000 a month with a $10,000 deductible. It was, yeah, it was, six, no, it, it, was, about, it, was yeah. it was sickening. And uh, it, so I mean, it was $25,000 a year just to have the insurance plus a $10,000 deductible. Before they paid anything, that would be $35,000. It was ludicrous. And I remember Austin broke his, his uh, foot his ankle one time, way back, like 14 years old. Good old motocross. Oh, yeah. And we, had, and we I took him to the hospital, and the bill came in at $38,000, He's in the hospital for one night. And I remember State Farm basically uh, paid it. You know, and, of course, I had a deductible at that point. It was like $5,000 at that point. And I remember I couldn't believe it because they only paid like $6,000 on a $40,000, $37,000 bill. And I, and, I, and I called up State Farm, my, my agent, and I said, what the heck's going on here? I said, they send me a bill for almost $40,000. Now they've negotiated that bill down with you guys for like $7,000. We goes, well, we won't pay the $40,000. It's inflated. And I'm like, well, how do I negotiate that type of discount for myself in the event that I don't have insurance? Oh, you can't do that. They have a special deal with the hospitals, you know, State Farm does as far as negotiating <laughs> bills. And I'm like, well, that seems like ridiculously unfair. I mean, <laughs> yes. you know, it's, it's unbelievable. 
That's what they want you to think. Yeah, so right after that, I canceled the insurance. I did. I just canceled it. I'm not rec- now, we're not recommending that you do that. Not on the basis of you. You talk to your financial expert. You do whatever you need to do. I'm not recommending you cancel anything. I'm just telling you what happened with us. And so what I did is I finally started looking at it, and I canceled it. I thought, well, you know, this went on for like 10 more years, and I'd saved at that point, you know, 25000 a year. I'm thinking to myself, this is insanity. And then I realized that, you know, it's a racket. It's all it is is a giant racket. I remember, you know, a couple of years ago when Austin broke his wrist, when he fell on some ice up in North Carolina, and his, and his wife drove him down to Macon, actually, and I jumped in the 210, my, my plane that I had, and I flew up and I picked him up and I brought him back down here to Avon Healthcare because there was no facility where he where our ranch was, and it was quicker. There's for nothing up there. <laughs> I could fly up there and grab him real quick and bring him right back, and I did. And what was interesting about that is that, you know, he was in the hospital for, you know, just a short period of time, started getting all these crazy bills. Well, I've had the same thing happen with me before. You go in the hospital and you, and you got a, I had to get a shoulder x-ray one time. Something simple. And so the bill came in, it was like, you know, $400. I said, okay. So I went ahead and paid it. Next month I got another bill in. Now it's $4,000. And I'm like, wait a minute, how could it go from $400 to $4,000? And I'm, and I'm like, this is crazy. And then what happened is I eventually negotiated back down to a, to a reasonable price with Advent. The problem with all of this stuff is how many people know they can do that? How many people end up with, you know, having these credit things come after them and everything else. But I believe pretty much right now they can't put it on your credit report for a medical bill because I think the people in the credit report have finally realized that this is a joke. It's just a massive joke with what these hospitals are doing. And remember, with COVID, they're getting ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in bonuses every time they put down that somebody died of COVID from the federal yeah. government. I mean, if somebody comes in in a motorcycle accident and they're, they're you know, they've lost both legs and they're bleeding out, and all of a sudden they die, and all of a sudden, okay, it's like another COVID victim. Let's pick up another twenty grand. When these major corporations like BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard come in and start buying these hospital chains, it's not about standard of care anymore. It's about profit. And when you understand that, it starts to make sense. I remember years ago in the Financial Times, I'll never forget this, there was an article that was talking about cancer and how they wanted to make cancer a long-term deal like, for, like they did with diabetes, to make it long-term as far as keeping you alive for years and years and years on the cancer drugs because it would massively increase the amount of profitability with these different drugs. Always remember, these guys have a bottom-line figure that they want to maintain every year. They want a certain percentage of profits. And, you know, same thing with the insurance companies. I mean, $25,000 a year for health care insurance that won't cover anything? What's the heck with that? And I, I finally realized and I woke up about it. So now there are some of these, these, these claim shares that you can get now you know, with different companies that you can get that basically are self-insured. I've had those too. The problem with them is they don't want to pay anything either. And so I've, I've had the same problem happen with them. I know years ago, Sharon went into the hospital. She was there for one night, had some testing done, and she was basically, the bill was like $40,000. Well, then I had this, this claim share company that I was with. It was a Christian company. And they said, well, we're not going to pay it because they didn't find anything wrong with your wife. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, she checked herself at the hospital. She's had these symptoms, and, the, and that because they didn't find anything wrong, you're not going to pay it? Nope, we're not going to do it. And I said, no. I said, that's not going to happen. I said, you're going to pay it. And I said, I'll get the attorneys involved. And they said, well, okay, we'll pay it. And, of course, they had to pay, you know, pennies on the dollar again. But the reality is, is that why in the world has it gotten this messed up? Why have so many people allowed this to happen? And why are the insurance companies allowed to charge whatever they want to charge, and the hospitals are allowed to charge whatever they want to charge, and then they negotiate it outside of your parameters in which you can't make a choice on this. Uh, so I think Sharon's bill, I think it was $38,000, dollars And I think we ended up paying, I think it was six or $7,000. And, and that's what we paid. But the sad part about it is, is that, you know, how in the world did we get into a situation like this in which we are completely out of control with our healthcare, healthcare systems in the United States? I mean, think about it for a second. You go to the hospital and you get an x-ray. 
like I had with my shoulder. It's an x-ray. And I saw the doctor for like 30 seconds. And I get a bill for four or $5,000. But yet the people that are coming across the border, I'm going to start on this now. <clears throat> yeah. They basically don't get charged anything. They don't have any insurance. And you're like, or the government's providing them insurance. And you're like, wait a minute, something is wrong here. Yeah, sometimes things get wrong. By the way, here's something that's really wrong. Davos speaker now is demanding international criminal court prosecute ecocide and punish farmers alongside war criminals. By the way, this woman on here, this, 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 that is is one ugly woman. You know, there's ugly, then there's this woman. Wow. And it says the international criminal court should add ecocide to its brief alongside genocide, crimes against humanity and war crimes that criminalize the effects of farming, fishing and energy production. A green activist, this unbelievably ugly woman, urged the annual World Economic Forum meeting in Davos, Switzerland. Greta Thunberg, ally, which is another weirdo, and CEO (laughs) of Stop Ecocide International, this Jojo Mita, demanded during a WEF Davos panel dubbed When Nature Meets Conflict on Tuesday that a new international criminal category of ecocide to prevent the mass damage and destruction of nature. Now, I'm going to stop here for a second. I'm not going to read any more of this because it's going to make me kind of puke having a look at her picture, to be honest with you guys. But here's the deal. I should have said that, should I? <laughs> Tell us how you really feel about her. <laughs> you know what? It's gonna be one of those, I guess it's going to be one of those shows today. I, well, I just don't – I can't stand Jezebels. I can't stand them. And I don't, I don't like guys that are jerks either. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something I probably shouldn't say. Okay. We're live. Remember that. I know. We're live. Okay, I got I to gotta, I gotta do this with a PG rating here. All right. <laughs> Let me step back for a second. You guys like my suit and coat and tie today. You look sharp. Thank you so much. I, I should have worn a suit. But black V-neck came in. Well, but the thing about it is, is that, you know, I figured since you guys were constantly commenting on my wardrobe, on my emails, I would just give you something to talk about. <laughs> All right. Here's what I was going to say that I should not have said, but I'm going to say it anyhow. Here we go. I don't care. You know, okay, let me just stop. I'm going to pull this up right now. This is, this, this is nuts. Okay. We have found tunnels now, you know, underneath the Shabbat headquarters in New York City. And there have been weird things found in the Shabbat headquarters. And Shabbat basically is a whole group of Kabbalists, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan weirdos that want to destroy the planet and cause a massive problem as far as, you know, World War III or the destruction of, you know, 8 billion people on the planet or, or, or just go ahead and do what you want to do, do call them. This would be pretty much the, 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 the nexus of the synagogue of Satan, in my opinion. Here's the thing. We've got tunnels down there with little children's mattresses and all the other kind of stuff out there. And, and here's the article. It says um, Shabbat tunnels are still unexplained a week after the riot. Any questions about the Shabbat tunnel, tunnels that have been called anti-Semitic? Okay, so i got to stop for one second here and discuss this. You know, we're, we're finding children's mattresses with blood on them in these tunnels. Okay, I don't know what's going on in the tunnels. I really, be honest with you, I don't want to know what's going on in the tunnels. But, you know, they're going to say now that they were unbasically, they didn't get permits to dig out these tunnels. Here's the problem that I've got with child trafficking and the weird stuff that goes on in these different types of organizations, and not just Shabbat, but other, other countries. You know, I don't care if these people are Jewish. Honestly, I don't care if they're Muslim. I don't care if they're Hindus or, you know, or Buddhists. It make a difference to me. You know, I shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it. You know, but any person who does weird stuff like this, these people are just douchebags. Can I say douchebags, Austin? Uh, you just did. Um, okay. And I, I guess that's really not a cuss word. Uh, no. But, but, so it doesn't matter what, re- what religion you are. If you're a douchebag, you're a douchebag. And these weirdos are just weirdos. And see, and the thing I look at is like this. 
if you're going to have people that are going to traffic children, whether they're in tunnels or through these borders in South, you know, into New Mexico, these people just need to be taken out back and wood know, chipper. Yeah, wood chipper would work. You know, hanging by the neck or you know, public hangings, I guess, would work. That would that stopped a lot of crime. public lynchings actually were very effective yeah, back they, in the day. They, they were, I don't you know, necessarily agree with all of them, but they did have a very, very <laughs> impactful aspect of what they did. And and so you know, you know, okay. And speaking about wood chippers, DailyMail.com. <laughs> Netflix chief product officer reveals fascinating secrets of how streamer knows what viewers will want to watch and how there are up to six trailers for a TV show or movie to appeal to a specific type of person. I told you this was dialed in. Chief product officer Eunice Kim is the brains behind the overseeing what makes the company tick. Kim is responsible for tracking consumer behavior on the streaming service and determines what shows will, and movies will excite viewers. In an interview with the LA Times, the executive discusses how the platform uses signals left by users to suggest new features to watch. Now, remember this. You know, Kim, who is a Fremont, California, her team analyzed consumer behavior on the platform to determine what shows and movies will excite consumers. After joining the company in 2021, Kim was promoted to the role, of, the role, the role in October and previously worked in a product management roles at Google Play and YouTube. Speaking to the LA Times, she said, we make it look easy, but it's not actually that easy under the hood. We're not, if we're doing our jobs, you shouldn't, we, should, we shouldn't be talking about the product all that much, but it should be working for the people. Okay, here's what they do, and this is what Austin and I have told you about so many times. Take a piece of tape and put it over your cameras. Yes. Okay, they're seeing you as you Google stuff and you look at stuff, and they're watching your facial expressions, and they're watching your eyes dilate, and they see what you like and what you don't like based upon the algorithms they put in. This is all about predicting consumer behavior and giving you six different films to watch. Now, I believe it's even further than that. You used to could actually go in and basically watch a TV show and then have it on picture and picture and flip it and have it go to another one when the commercials came on. Then suddenly you start to realize that the commercials all start coming on at the same time once you do that. <laughs> Personally, what I believe, I believe the algorithm of that advanced now, they can figure out what you're doing, what picture on picture you're watching, and they can flip it back or use the same time span as far as for everybody. So all of this stuff is about marketing. It's all about programming your brain to believe what they say and to do what they want you to do. It's really, really important that we basically understand that. Another article from the Daily Mail says a record 2 million Americans will get cancer this year. Do you think? You put the dog on immune suppressant and a COVID shot, what's going to happen? About, about, uh, this year, a mid-epidemic in young people. Use our map to see states where diagnosis is the most common. Colorectal cancer is the leading cause of cancer death in men. And second, in women. People 50 and below saw an overall cancer re- rate increase between 1995 and 2020. You know, more than 2 million Americans will be diagnosed with cancer. Cancer cases have been raising for decades, partly due to testing and diagnostics. No, 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 that's not, that may be part of it, but it's the diet. Poor diets, obesity, and physical inactivity have close to doubled from 1.2 million in 2003 to under 2 million in 2023. The surge is driven in part by an alarming raise in people under the age of 50 which has been linked to poor diet, sedentary lifestyles, and exposure to chemicals. I'm going to add this and to having taken the COVID shot. I'm telling you guys, when you put an immune suppressant in your body, I've talked to more people that have immune disorders now. It's, it's crazy how many people have immune disorders. I'm talking about young people have all these health problems, colon problems, health. And again, I'm going to say this to, the show, to you guys for the new listeners that are out here because this is important. All wheat products that are not organic about a week before they're processed and harvested are sprayed with glyphosate or Roundup from the air, and they and it saturates into the wheat kernel. So you're getting wheat that's been contaminated with Roundup or glyphosate. This stuff is super poisonous. It's been linked to over 20 different types of cancers. 
And then what happens a week later, they come in with a harvester because the plant has been desiccated, dried out from the Roundup, and they get a higher crop yield. So it may cost them, you know, $20, you know, an acre to spray with Roundup, but they get a $25 an acre increase in yield. That's why they do it. It's all about the money again. And they poison the wheat products by doing that. 90% of all wheat products, 95% of all wheat products that aren't organic in the United States are sprayed like this. Roundup is insanely poisonous. And so now it's put into the food supply and it's packaged in the food supply. And when you're eating pasta or you're eating bread and all these other types of compounds that are made with this wheat, you're poisoning yourself with glyphosate. Glyphosate destroys gut flora. Glyphosate destroys the gut. And so all of a sudden now you have, well, I'm gluten insensitive. Well, no, you're Roundup insensitive is the problem in most cases. Now, you may have some gluten issues, but don't you think about this? When I go to Europe, when I eat bread products, which they don't use glyphosate over there on their wheat, I don't have any issues. When Zero. I, when, I, when I do it in this country, I feel like, bleh, I feel awful for a couple of days. <clears throat> it's more of a gluten, not a gluten sensitivity, but more of a toxicity from the wheat products. That's why it's important. If you're going to eat bread, this is really important that you go in and you basically eat, eat only organic. I spoke to this one um, lady who had asked me about this several months ago, and she had actually had, when she was 8, 10 years old, she had had part of her small intestine taken out, and they actually took out her ileocecal valve. And she told me if she eats gluten products, she could actually die now from it. And I'm like, whoa, 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 let's back it up some. we got to figure out why you're so sensitive. Because remember, for hundreds of years, we ate wheat in the United States. Thousands. Thousands of years. <laughs> well, hundreds, hundreds of the United States. Oh, yeah. yeah and, but, but the problem is we didn't have this, this issue with this. But suddenly we start spraying everything with this. And remember, Monsanto now sold this thing to Bayer. Bayer's got a gazillion attorneys working on this. And we're still having this stuff in the food supply rather than taking out of the food supply. Why? Because look who owns Bayer. Oh, that would be State Street, Vanguard, and BlackRock. And you start thinking, well, wait a minute. This is nuts. Why would they do that? Well, it goes back to the overall, in my opinion, eugenics protocol of these organizations and wanting to reduce the population of the planet. When they tell you that a farmer can be charged with ecocide and put it in prison with a war criminal, what the heck is going on in this world and why are we like this? Well, it's because it's the absolute end of civilization as we have seen it for the last year or three or four hundred years. Because these weirdos that run the planet, the Kabbalists, Luciferians, Synagogue of Satan, Shabbat, who like to dig tunnels under their facilities, they're basically running everything, and they're destroying the fabric of society through feminism, through cultural Marxism, through transgenderism, through child trafficking, and all the rest of the stuff a lot of these organizations have been linked with. If you understand that, you realize that we have to stand our ground as Christians. This thing's an assault. You know, Paul Craig Roberts said it so clearly. It's assault on white Christians. Now, if you're black, you're Hispanic, and you're a Christian, and you're listening to the show today, it's also assault on you. It really is. But the truth of the matter is, is that they don't want the people in charge who've been in charge for the last couple hundred years who are just who are Christians, who love Jesus with all of their heart. They don't want any of this stuff. They only want the weirdos running things because the weirdos will further their new world order. That's how I see it this morning. What do you think, Austin? Oh, you're spot on. Yeah, I was, was going to say that as well. We were talking about bread and wheat products. This isn't something that's been some new novel product no, like no. bread that just came out in the last couple of years. Oh, my gosh, it's gluten. And I'm not saying eating a copious amount of bread, even organic bread, is really healthy because it'll pack some weight on your fast. If you're trying to get lean and stay lean and train, it's not the best product for you. But what's interesting is exactly what Dad just said. It's ironic that over the last 10 to 20 years now, suddenly gluten has become this topic and, oh, my gosh, bread this, bread that, when in reality, this stuff is normally just infested with glyphosate. Oats are another one, too. I was going to bring that up. Oats, even they're, they're, they're not used. Glyphosate's not used on oats at all. 
they are usually very high in glyphosate because they are done the exact same way. They're sprayed before they harvest them. So make sure if you're eating oats, you're also getting certified USDA organic or a local farmer that you essentially know is keeping it really, really clean. Just wanted to add that in there as well. Also, to another news, this is interesting. Bill Gates is now bragging at the Davos uh, convention now in Switzerland that essentially the new vaccines that are going to come out now, they're not going to have a needle attached to them. They're going to bypass public consent. Essentially, he unveiled the next generation of vaccines, which he boasts can bypass the need for consent by vaccinating the general public without their knowledge for a longer duration and more coverage with simply a patch. Now, if you remember, this actually came out in, during COVID. They talked about almost a Velcro-style patch that you could simply put on your arm. It was the size of a postage stamp. and They could place it and affix it on your arm and essentially put the COVID virus, COVID vaccine, inside of you, which is ironic because they're still saying they're going to do it without your consent now. This goes all the way back to informed consent and you giving your permission for them to do stuff to you. At the end of the day, they have to get your permission. You have to consent to this. This is why every single time, if you went to Walgreens or in this place where people were getting the COVID shot, they had a whole paperwork that they had to sign to put their signature on. They were consenting to the shot. They understood it was an emergency use authorization shot. It was experimental, and they were going along with it. This is going to become something that people really have to start valuing. Your signature is enormous when it comes to consent. Your consent and the ability for you to agree with something has much more weight and value than I think a lot of people actually give it credit for. When somebody asks you, are you okay with this? Are you going to put your signature on this? Are you going to endorse this? That is a huge deal because now you're saying that you, what you believe, your convictions, everything that you agree with, you're going along with that now and you're putting your signature on it. That's why I always tell people, be very, very cautious about what you sign. Now, I know a lot of times, you know, there's certain contracts and stuff. This is why people have attorneys. They look over stuff. They say, no, this is not good. You need to make sure you understand what you're signing here, what you're agreeing to, what you're going along with. Because at the end of the day, this stuff is not a joke. And a lot of times after you sign stuff, you cannot unsign it later on. Also, too, in other news, this is an interesting story. I'm going to put this on the website as well. NBC now has been blatantly accused of editing out Jesus Christ from a Christian NFL quarterback's interview. This is crazy if you guys saw this. NBC is getting blowback for reportedly pulling the reference to Jesus Christ from Houston Texans quarterback C.J. Stroud's post-game interview. Stroud, a rising star in the NFL season, went on to say, and I quote, first and foremost, I want to give glorious praise to my Lord Jesus, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's been amazing being in the city as a short period of time. It's been awesome. However, viewers now have found out that the actual live footage they posted that rolled out first where he said that has been completely edited down every single other platform that NBC has put out. And they completely removed him thanking Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. This shows you the hatred that they have towards Christ. Right. It's funny because, you know, if somebody came out and they think Muhammad or they think Buddha or any other religion, they would get eviscerated on NBC if they got caught pulling that out. Just, oh, my gosh. Oh, you can't do that. That's anti-Semitic. You're basically xenophobic. You can't do that. You can't talk about anything. You can't remove any of this stuff. He was thanking, you know, his savior. They do it with Christ. All of a sudden, nobody talks about it. Isn't that kind of a problem with the Christian community now? Isn't it becoming an issue where people no longer want to actually speak their mind because they don't want to deal with the reprisal? They don't want to deal with the backlash? This is what goes along with exactly what I've said before, why it's so important to know what your convictions are and speak them, stand on them. 
It may be right, maybe wrong, but whatever it is, it's your conviction, and nobody has a right to tell you you can and can't say that. Because quite frankly, we already see now these goober heads, these guys that are running around spewing all this unbelievably toxic nonsense, just moronic, sadistic stuff, especially when it comes to transgenderism. Why is it that they get a free pass to speak some of the most perverted topics in the entire world, stuff that used to be taboo 10 or 20 years ago to even talk about, and now suddenly they get platforms and microphones to speak their mind about all this toxic nonsense, and it's okay. It's freedom of speech. They have a right to talk about it. But you got a quarterback that thinks Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Suddenly it gets brought, deleted, but yet you got teachers talking to five-year-olds in class about tranny ideology about how these little children, these boys can go cut off their pecker, or that basically girls, they can go on these hormones. How <laughs> did you say that? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but but, but it, it goes back to exactly what I'm talking about, though. Why is it that you have these rules for thee but not for me? Why can perversion go along and be unchecked, but yet somebody wants to talk about Christ on national television is deleted? Just food for thought. Also, to another news, this is interesting. The USDA is now, excuse me, the, US, the FDA the Food and Drug Administration, these guys, they're seeking to persuade a federal court now to dismiss the lawsuit challenging the repeated advisors against using ivermectin. Remember I told you guys this lawsuit that came about the Southern District of Texas that essentially sued the FDA because the FDA came out and started spewing all this insane rhetoric about ivermectin, including on their own Twitter feed, and I quote, you are not a horse, stop with the ivermectin, it's not authorized for treating COVID. Well, FDA exceeded its authority by repeatedly issuing public directives to not use ivermectin, even though the drug remained fully approved for human use. Why was it that ivermectin that was showing fantastic results, especially when stacked with zinc and vitamin C? I mean, incredible results. We all saw it. Why was it that you couldn't bring up ivermectin? And they make comments like, you are not a horse. Now you got to think about that for a second. That's a very derogatory statement to the public. You are not a horse. Stop with the ivermectin. Ivermectin wasn't just for horses. It's an anti-parasitic drug since the 80s. It's been approved for human usage. Why would they say that? Because, again, that goes back to the psychological operation. They wanted to make people feel stupid for talking about ivermectin. This is what the whole thing came about. You remember people going on social media and blasting people, saying you're not a farm animal. Stop taking ivermectin. Most people had never even heard of ivermectin before COVID. It was an anti-parasitic drug that worked fantastically good for individuals, especially people that are down in South America and they get infested with parasites. It worked great. Now, suddenly, you're a horse or a livestock animal because you decided to take ivermectin? It didn't make any sense. And now what's happened is now the FDA is now saying that they want the lawsuit dismissed, that they should be able to say whatever they want about any drug. The late the 2023 motion was sealed because the exhibits the government cited include confidential information about separate legal proceedings. The FDA now is stating that they essentially want the appeals court that they did not overstep their authority warning about ivermectin. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Warning about ivermectin and calling people essentially a horse and a livestock animal for using ivermectin are two completely different things. If they wanted to post ivermectin, the side effects and the, you know, the possible effects that could occur, and they wanted to list that down, on their Twitter feed, cool story. But going in and making people feel stupid for taking a drug that's been approved since the 80s that worked fantastically well with zinc and vitamin C, that again shows you it was never about health. It was never about public safety. It was about fear and control the entire time. Because remember what I told you at the very beginning of COVID? I said, why is it that every mainstream media outlet is doing nothing but peddling fear and saying you're essentially helpless? There's nothing you can do. 
sit at home, stay in the corner, stay in your closet, don't breathe air, don't talk to your family, stay six feet apart. But yet suddenly an experimental drug comes out that DARPA developed back in 2012, this RNA gene therapy, and suddenly that's the best option. But yet not one single time on mainstream media did they say anything about vitamin C, zinc, or D3 at all. I told you guys yesterday in detail about the need and requirements for the body in D3. That talks about it every single day. There's a reason why the body needs to have adequate amounts of D3, and it's crucial. You can go on the website if you want to read more on it. I've got a lot of other articles I'm going to get to on here. But again, this is why it's so important to do your research and make sure you're staying educated on these topics. And of course, ask for D3 whenever you get your yearly blood work or whenever you go in for a checkup or you want to go to see a physician have blood work done. Majority of doctors, like Dad said yesterday, they don't test for D3. They don't test for it. You have to ask for it. Ironically, it's one of the most crucial hormones in the body when it comes to regulating the immune system. It's really, really important. That's why I continually talk about it on this show. I take it every day, and I also get checked for it whenever I get blood work as well, Dad. What do you think? I think this show probably is going to get a different kind of rating today. <laughs> <laughs> just, whoops. Hey, you started it. I did you, did, start you, it. you came in with this nice suit. It just it set the tone, man. Oh, it's I know. a good I just, show. Uh, I just <laughs> – <laughs> but uh, I've got somebody listening live right now, and uh, she's a friend of mine many years. Her name's Pam. That's a good friend of mine, and Sharon. And uh, she, uh, she's just laughing her head off. She said it right now, and she said, "Leave it in. Don't edit leave it, it in." Uh, so, my bad. By the way, Senator <laughs> Rand Paul makes the case for imprisoning Tony Fauci. I second that motion. Americans are very accepting people of the people who love them. Americans are very accepting of people who lie to them injure their health and kill their families <laughs> and friends. New Medicare data makes it clear that the COVID vaccines have killed millions of people worldwide. I'm surprised that no one among the millions of injured victims have taken out Fauci, the executive of Pfizer and Moderna, and the big pharma shields at the CDC and FDA. Wow. There's a video you can watch. I've got, I posted it online. It's called Video Shot Dead, the movie they do not want you to see. COVID shot deaths told by parents who lost their children. I've posted it online. This is an article by Paul Craig Roberts. And I'm not advocating that you kill anybody. I'm not saying that. Don't do that. You end up in jail. All kinds of crazy stuff happen to you. But the point is, these people need to be held accountable in court of law, period, for what they've done and how they've lied to everybody. They really, really, really have. By the way, Paul Craig Roberts had another article this morning that I like. I don't want to cover this in detail like this, but I'm going to. Americans enslaved themselves to the state when they accepted the income tax in 1913. This, again, was brought to you by Woodrow Wilson, the absolute worst president in the history of the United States. He's the one who was having his big affair at Princeton and got himself blackmailed by Samuel Untermeyer and the woman who had blackmailed him, pushing him to push the Federal Reserve Act, pushing him to push the income tax, pushing him to put Brandish on the Supreme Court, pushing him to get us in the World War I. Woodrow Wilson, to me, is an absolute nightmare. And he's the probably the and, – and, and, and he ends up dying of syphilis. I mean, just the guy was just a pervert, all right? And he's just a weirdo. And so I cannot believe – I remember one time I was, I was in Switzerland. I was in, in Geneva, Switzerland, and you know we had some free hotel points, and one of the hotels that accepted was the President Woodrow Wilson Hotel, Austin. And I thought to myself, you've got to be kidding me. I'm staying in the President Woodrow Wilson Hotel. It's all about the League of Nations. It's all about World War I. It's all about the Versailles Treaty. It's all about all the stuff he pushed through for the international banking cartels that have still enslaved us to this day. Okay, and here's what Paul Craig Roberts says. It, was until it wasn't until 1913, under the tutelage of Woodrow Wilson, I'm adding that, 137 years after the Declaration of Independence established a free people that are no longer free, that there was an income tax. Years ago, he, said, he researched this and wrote a full article on it. He says the threshold for the subject to become an income tax, at first the rate was 
1%. The Georgia legislator voted to ratify the amendment because no one legislator leader concluded that there was nobody in Georgia with an income high enough that was subject to the tax. Let the Yankees tax themselves. Why should we object? There was no vision for the future. 1913 was also the first year of the Federal Reserve. We mentioned that with this policy of depression, inflation, recession, and inflation was established and unleashed on America through the Rothschild banking cartel. And it was also the year that the World War I and its inflation was about to be launched by the French, Russian, and British governments. War and inflation quickly brought income tax home to the institutional Americans who thought they were tax exempt. In 1963, listen to this, prior to the Kennedy tax rate deductions, the top rate was 91% on incomes above $200,000. That means you got to keep $18,000 on a $200,000 year income. Mind-boggling. Unbelievable. Reagan left it at 50%. Today it's 39.6. We're about 40%. The highest medieval tax rate on serfs was 30%. Here's why. Anything higher on the serfs, they revolted and killed the feudal lords. Thought they'd kill everybody. So 50% was the highest tax rate on cottonseed plantation slaves. The other 50% of their work went to their food, clothing, shelter, and medical care. What is indisputable is that for more than 100 years, the tax rate on American citizens has been higher or equal to the tax rate on medieval serfs of the 19th century plantation slaves. What does that mean? It means the Americans of the entirety of Europeans, Canadians, Australians, and New Zealanders are slaves in the same sense that blacks were slaves on southern cotton plantations. That's a pretty strong statement, but he's right. The historical fact is that a free person is a person who owns his own labor. Just as a slave does not own his own labor, neither does any person that's subject to income tax. In the anti-South propaganda in the 19th century, such as the propagandist Uncle Tom's Cannon, Southern slave owners are portrayed unrealistically as demoralizing their workforce and destroying their capital investments in human labor by demoralizing and alienating their slaves by separating families and whipping and beating and raping their workforce. A slave was expensive. To abuse him or her is the equivalent of abusing an expensive piece of machinery. It makes no sense for an owner to abuse his own resources, yet Southern plantation owners are portrayed as people who run torture prisons. Now, I'm going to stop for one second. I'm not saying that some of this abuse didn't happen because it did. And Paul Craig Roberts knows that, too. But what I'm saying overall, it did not happen because he's right. Slaves were extremely expensive. Now, what the crazy part about this is, is that we have to understand that neither the South nor the United States was responsible for black slaves in America. The slaves that came to the New World came from the Black Kingdom of Donami's slave wars. They captured slaves, were carried to the New World in shifts, and then often financed by Jews. This is Paul Craig Roberts saying this. This is not me. This is absolutely truth. Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan. The southern plantations were not responsible for the origin of the workforce. Indeed, it was an inherited institution. For decades, as April 15th approached, I pointed out today's white people who pay the income taxes who are the real victims of slavery. Even after the rig and marginal tax rate reductions, Americans pay a higher tax rate of tax, that is, the more than enslaved, the medieval serfs, and are almost exploited by the government to the same extent as the 19th century black slaves. So what is white privilege? It is to be a slave owned by Washington, used to support privileged people of color, including millions of immigrant invaders settled by Democrats on American slaves who pay for their upkeep. That's a strong statement. Now, he's pretty harsh here as far as, you know, putting it only on white people because there's enough black people to pay income, pay income taxes, too, and, and Hispanics to pay income taxes. But the truth is, he goes on to say, today the insouciant American people are enslaved for causes that are to their detriment, unlike the plantation's agenda of growing cotton. The American people voluntarily is accepted slavery because they thought it would apply to others 
who are rich. But as a multi-billionaire, Warren Buffett has said, his secretary pays a higher tax rate than he does. Now, I'm going to stop for one second. Years ago, I was on an airplane coming home from, from Dallas, Texas. I'd done a seminar here. It was 20 years ago. And I, was, I couldn't get upgraded to the first class, so I was sitting back in coach, which is that's just fine. I've flown coach many, many times. But I, what I would do is I would put my bag closer to the first class so I wouldn't have to sit there for the whole plane to the plane, and I would try to find an empty seat closer to the front so I could get off the plane more quickly to get home. And I sat down one time about 20 minutes before we landed an airplane coming out of Dallas, and there was a lady who was sitting there. And I sat down beside her. I asked her if I could. She was in the middle, and she had two empty seats around her. And then we started talking. And she told me that she had rheumatoid arthritis, and she was on full government subsidies, and that she was one of the last true Teddy Kennedy bleeding heart liberals, and that she was on full government subsidies. I told her how she could get rid of the rheumatoid arthritis, which is cutting out nightshade vegetables in most cases, which is no eggplant, bell pepper, white potatoes, or tomatoes. Gets rid of a lot of times, you know, rheumatoid arthritis. She told me she wasn't interested in doing it. She didn't want to lose her government subsidies. Then she asked me what I did, and I told her I'd just done a seminar. I think it was at the Reunion Arena, or that may have been Houston. I can't remember. And I'd just spoken to about 18,000 people. And then she told me, that, well, you need to pay more income tax. And then she just got out of the blue. She said that. And I said to her, I said, uh, why do I need to pay more income tax? She goes, to support people like me. They need to tax you at like 90% like it used to be. And I looked at her and I said, so you're telling me if I make $100,000 a year being on the road all the time, that I should only get to keep $10,000. She goes, yes, because you need to support me and my son who's been basically you know, diagnosed with AIDS and he doesn't work either and he's on full government subsidies. And I looked at her and I said, I would not work for 10% of my income. And she goes, oh yeah, you would. People like you always do that. You need to work to support the rest of us. And I'm not, this is, I am not using hyperbole here. These, this, these are the words. And finally I looked at her and I said, I tell you what, we got about 10 minutes before we land. Please let's stop this conversation. I don't want to talk to you. I said, I am so diametrically opposed to your values and how you believe that I don't want to talk to you whatsoever. I said, this is insanity. Here's the problem. She really meant what she was saying. She, this, wasn't, this wasn't a joke to her. She was one of the true Teddy Kennedy, bleeding heart liberals, and she wanted to have the ability to tell me that on that airplane to let me know that I was going to be her slave and she was going to ride in the car and I was going to pull the wagon for her. This is the problem that we have in the United States of America now. Everybody wants to ride in the cart, and nobody wants to pull the wagon anymore. We bring millions and millions of illegals into this country every single year that we support on the government doles. And the problem is we don't have them as a useful functioning part of society in many cases. They are simply a drain on society. This is Cloward Piven, which I've mentioned so many times on the show, to destroy the republic. Sadly, a lot of these people come into this country for free stuff, and they don't want to work. We see that in New York now with the hotels. We see that all over the United States. But the government is still pushing this un, uh, unbridled immigration into the United States. Remember, Donald Trump did not stop the immigration coming in, the illegal immigration. He did not stop the child trafficking. He did not build his border wall. He did not do any of this stuff. I mean, part of the wall got put up. Yes, it did, but not the entire wall. And a lot of it has been torn back down again by Biden and the cronies that are doing all this stuff. And a lot of the razor wire that was laid has been cut and taken away. All of this stuff is designed to destroy the United States. And that's why I wanted to read this thing on income tax right now. Because if they get the chance, they'll run the rate back up to 90%. And quite frankly, what's the point of working at 90%? If you go out, let me give you a perfect example. Years ago, I used to pick oranges, you know, when I was a kid. I was like 14, 15 years old. Yeah, I could make 20 bucks or 15 bucks or 18 bucks a day or whatever it was. That was a lot of money way back when. And I could just do that. But it was incredibly, insanely hard work. Well, then I started working at the health club and, you know, running and managing the health club. And then finally, another guy wanted me to help him with construction. 
And finally, he told me, he says, I'll pay you, you know, you know, the same amount of money you're making at the health club and you'll be working on the hot sun every single day. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. His name was Dean. And I said, I'm not going to do that. I said, why am I going to go work in the hot sun when I can make money running the club? He goes, well, because, you know, you like to work outside. I said, no, I don't. I don't like to work outside at all in the heat. It's not fun. This is the problem that they don't understand. There's a certain point with everybody when they say, I'm not doing this anymore. You say, Ganook on it. I'm finished. I'm not going to do this anymore. And you start living on government subsidies. This is what they did with the Great Society program with Lyndon Johnson back in the 60s when they started giving women, and I pick it on women now, huge amounts of subsidies every single month if they had children out of wedlock. And Austin, you know I'm right. Yep. And it still goes on today. You got the WIC programs and everything else. So as long as you don't get married and you have children, you can file it. You're an independent woman. You get all these government subsidies and government handouts. But once you get married, it's all taken away from you. It was all done by the same people that wanted to destroy the fabric of our society, and they've done that. And that's why you have to keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus every single day of your life. You've got to pray every day. It's like, it's like that, the German plaque that I've got on my wall. In fact, I'll show it one day now we're on TV. Zwei Leben stützen, brechen nie. Give me some water. Zwei Leben stützen, brechen nie. Gebet on Arbeit heißen sie. And this is what we have to understand. There's two principles in life that we have to always do. Prayer and work. Always pray like it's all up to you. And always work like it's all up to you. Always pray like it's all up to God, and always work like it's all up to you. Oscar, grab some water, bud. No, you're 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 100 accurate on that, and that's what <clears> they've <throat> done now, as far as with the entire program, with getting people <clears throat> so dependent, because that way you own nothing and you'll love it. Like they said with the <laughs> the World Economic Forum with Klaus Schwab, they want people to be dependent. Because remember, when people are completely dependent on the state. When all your things you get, all your money, all your food, all your clothing, all your housing comes from the state, guess who doesn't revolt against the state? The peasants that get the free stuff. And that's what a lot of people fail to realize with these programs that they're pushing more and more and more. Like that said, eventually everybody gets sick of it. Everybody jumps in the cart. Well, once everybody jumps in the cart, who's pulling the cart? There's only one way for that to go, and that then goes into communism. This <laughs> is what happens every single time. The problem is it's been a failed experiment every time it happens because what happens is generally – the people become so controlled, so <clears throat> despondent, so suicidal, so upset because everything they do is controlled and monitored. But again, you always have this group of individuals, <clears throat> always a small group of individuals that want to dictate and control what everybody does. They're, they're power hogs. They're complete and total control freaks. That's true. They'll, that's all. They're obsessed with it. Like these guys being at Davos right now. I don't remember the last time I saw any of them on a ballot. Who voted for them? Who, 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 yeah. When was the last time I saw them on a ballot here in the United States? I remember voting for Klaus Schwab or Bill Gates. Guy's not even a medical officer. He's done anything. He's created a computer, allegedly. Yet he's running around telling everybody how they need to get shots, how they need to basically start getting these patches down to get these shots put into them. And this is what happens when the system becomes completely and totally overwhelmed. They get more and more control. And that's why it comes down to when I tell people, stop consenting to certain things. Stop going along with it. The reason why the hospital industrial complex and Obamacare surge, and everybody's continually going along with is the people that actually shouldn't be paying as much, like I talked about with me, they're continually paying. And that's the problem. If you keep feeding the beast and you keep throwing money into the beast, the beast keeps getting bigger. And as long as people keep consenting and keep voting with their dollar and keep contributing to it, instead of saying, no, you know what? We're going to negotiate this 80% down. I'm not going to pay it. You guys want to send the collections? Okay, send the collections. When it gets to collections, I'll negotiate with the collections. We'll go from there. People, you have to start understanding that there's usually multiple glitches in the matrix. A lot of glitches in the matrix. Glitches. You just got to figure out what the glitches are 
and then you use them to your advantage. The same thing that goes with paying taxes. I recommend everybody pays whatever taxes they owe. I don't recommend anybody do anything illicit or illegal. However, I do recommend you have a good accountant and basically looks at everything and making sure that you're doing everything in the legal realm to save as much money as possible as well. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Do everything right and clean. But on the other hand, always look for certain things that you can do in order to save more money, to grow more money, to prevent things from happening, and basically going in and utilizing those things more efficiently. You know, I, talk, I, I talked to a buddy of mine who was asking me about health insurance. And again, I, like Dad said earlier, I'm not re- recommending anybody cancel their health insurance or anything like that. I never recommend that whatsoever. You do whatever you feel you need to do. I'm not giving you financial advice or health insurance advice. But I told him, I said, wouldn't it make sense? I said, while you're doing this, while you're paying this amount of money, this, you know, $20,000, $25,000 a year, I said, wouldn't it make sense that every single year you take a little bit of that money and you buy some silver with it or you buy some gold with it or you buy some assets that are going to continue to maintain their value and or go up? And he goes, that's a good idea. I said, just my personal preference, that's what I would do if I was going to be you. And I said, think about it. You're paying $20,000 a year in health insurance in 10 years. That's two hundred thousand dollars. You know, what I'm saying? that's two hundred thousand dollars that you could have put in metals or any other assets that would be very, very, very effective and continue to go up. So again, not giving you financial advice, just giving you my two cents on these topics. And there's a reason why you want to always try to think outside the box. And that's what we do on this show here with Health Masters is continually give people the knowledge and information to think outside of the box. That's why we continually give you the information on health. If you're functioning properly, if your brain's working good, if you're firing on all cylinders and you're doing really, really positive things and you're continually growing, you may slip up, you make mistakes, you may get stuff you shouldn't be doing, but you take a step back and go, okay, is this the best option right now? How do I fix this issue? How do I assess it? And how do I grow from here? If you're functioning properly and your brain's good and you're healthy and you're strong, you're going to be able to work through those issues. You're going to be able to handle those problems. Now, if you're sitting around and you're all on pharmaceutical <laughs> drugs and you can't function and eating your MSG chips and your sodas and your basically high fructose corn syrup and your aspartame and you can't get off the couch because you're so sluggish, problem is you're probably not going to do much of anything productive for you or your family or society. That's why they want people lazy. That's why they want people sick. And that's why they continually want people in the medical industrial complex. That's why I brought up the thing about the bills today. That's and that's right. why I encourage people, if you can, try to stay out of it as best as possible and keep your health strong because in most cases, then you don't have to go to the hospital unless you do something like break a wrist or break a foot or something like that. And then at that point, negotiate with them, pay what's right, pay what's honest, and at the end of the day, handle it from there. But don't get wrapped up into the medical model where you got to be at the doctor's office every month to get a new oh, prescription. no, I've got friends of mine, Austin, <clears throat> and I'm not picking on my friends. I love my friends. But uh, they every time you turn around, they're at the doctor's office. Yeah, I mean, every time. No, I've got a, I've got a friend of mine right now. I'm not going to mention his name because he, he would get ticked off. He, he, he's a good friend. He's like a brother to me. And every time I turn around, he's at the doctor's office again. And every time they do something to him, they mess him up again. He starts having all kinds of anxiety issues and problems with his health. And, and, and he's always you know, monitoring everything all the time. And he, and he stays completely and totally wrapped up in this and worried and basically hypochondriac sick all the time. And, I, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, you didn't have this problem until Obamacare came out and you got health insurance. <laughs> you didn't go to the doctor all the time. <laughs> and I, I had another woman who worked for me many years ago, 20 years ago. Uh, she's passed away now, and she basically was always sick. There was always something wrong with her. She's always at the doctor's. And you'd think, well, well, Tim, well, how often do you go to the doctor? Let me think. What's that Jeopardy song? Ba, da, da. <laughs> I need to get a switchboard to cue that. Well, yeah, I just, uh, just quite frankly, I don't really go to the doctor very often. I, 
had one doctor that I used to go to here in Lakeland. He died, and then another one took his place, and she's a nightmare. No, she's beyond nightmare. She's bad. They're stupid, and there's this woman. Just thought I'd mention that. And, you know, the sad part about it is, is that if I go, I've got a place now that I go to in Lakeland that I get vitamin C intravenously, and I've learned something. I mean, you can order your own blood tests online now. You can get them all done. You get them checked out. You can see what they Yeah, are. you don't have you to don't, see a physician. You, 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 you can figure out what to do online most of the time. And I'm not suggesting you dump your doctor. Okay, don't, don't do that. And I'm not suggesting you don't go to your doctor. And if you've got problems with certain types of cancer in your family or whatever, and you need to get tested or screened on a regular basis, okay, I don't have those problems. My family's like German, right? It's like this DNA lasts for like 100 years. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Uh, but the reality is, is that I'm blessed with that. But I'm, but I'm very careful with my lifestyle choices, guys. I mean, I, I, eat, I am so careful how I eat, and, and, I just, and I take care of myself. And I said, and that's the most important thing. Now, Austin says something about buying gold and silver. There's a really good book everybody can read. It's online. It's free. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon. And I had Austin, Great book. I had Austin read that book many, many years ago. And what it says is this. If you make $100, take $10 and buy some gold and silver with it. Now, keep it in the safety deposit box or someplace where nobody's going to be able to get to it. Just thought I'd mention that to you too. And just and do that every single day. Every time you get a paycheck, take 10%, put it in gold and silver. Put it, that's what's called a core asset. You don't touch it. And after about 10 years of doing that, you're going to find yourself going, you know, I'm okay now financially. I'm all right. I've got this big rainy day fund saved up now with, you know, gold and silver. I can just sit here. I mean, I, I bought gold as low as $250 an ounce. No, um, the days. No, the days. I mean, so, I mean, so, but yeah, but I keep it all you know, store it elsewhere. Don't mention that. But but the, but the reality is, you know, it's one of those things that when you get to that point in your life and you start having these core assets. I had a friend of mine named Henry. He told me that one time. He says, the core assets let you sleep at night. And, and it's the truth. I, I, I talk to so many people who have so many financial problems because when, you, when you're in business or, or whatever, you, you're, you're always going to have cycles up and down as far as income for the business, profitability for the corporation. What I learned to do many, many years ago is I, I built my lifestyle at the downturn portion. So in other words, if some years if I make you know, $50,000 a year, you know, I don't live at $50,000. Some years I make $20,000 a year, I live at the $20,000 level. And so I try to stay at the $20,000 level every single year. And when you do that kind of stuff, what it does, it gets you to a point where you're not always having to be dealing with debt. and You don't become a debt slave. And so it's important that you get like that. But save 10% of your income. Just save it. Find a way to budget it back out of your out of your income so you don't have to spend. Your kids don't have to have new clothes every week. Just want to mention that. You don't have to eat in restaurants every single day three or four times. None of that stuff is necessary. You don't have to do all that stuff. It's really important that you understand that, especially if you're young right now and you're listening to me. Very, very, very important. But always remember, too, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. For he is the author and he is the finisher and he's the perfecter of our faith. And we can do all things through Christ. Pray about stuff before you do it. Like I said before, I, 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 I kind of choked out a minute ago. Two principles of life that can never be broken. Prayer and work. You pray like it's all up to God, and you work like it's all up to you. Yep. Very, 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 very important. Awesome. Finish it up, buddy. You're spot on with that. And, you know, it's, it's funny. This is just, just a personal comment. You know, Lana sitting over there on the switchboard. You know, when we first got married, we're in our mid-20s, early 20s. We pretty much moved into the backside of the office. There's a bedroom back there, and we wanted to save money. We decided, you know, it was going to help us save some money. We were able to live in there because nobody's in the back office. And, you know, it was pretty intense because we worked there and we lived there, but it saved a lot of money. And we talked about it. We didn't go out to eat for almost like a year, year and a half. And I told her, I said, you know what? I said, every time we're going to go out to eat, I said, let's take a little bit of that money and basically save it aside and set it aside. And it's interesting, at the end of the year, you'll realize how much money you can actually spend going Wait, out to eat. Right. 
I mean, fast. You budget. You look at the budget. You're like, golly, thousands of dollars a year going out to dinner every single night or every single week. So again, just something to be aware of. Again, not giving you financial advice, but especially in these strange times you're looking at right now. You know, maybe you don't need to go out to that restaurant. And granted, I get it. I love a good steak. I love going out to a restaurant, and getting a good food, especially if it's quality food where you know the food's not contaminated with glyphosate and organic. I got it. But sometimes, in some cases, if you're tightened with cash, save it for a special occasion or an anniversary or something like that instead of just making it such a regular thing. Because remember, too, your kids see that. Your kids continually grow up going out to restaurants every single day, every single weekend, all the time. They're going to think that's also something that they need to do instead of saying, hey, guess what, guys? We're going to be saving money. We're stacking up food here. We're going to be meal prepping for the week, especially if you're a bodybuilder, you're in training and exercising. Being, you know, eating clean every single day makes it really easy at that point because that's just your lifestyle. So, again, my friends, thank you for the support of Health Masters. I've got a lot of positive emails about the show. Again, anything you want to bring up, topics, comments, I welcome them especially if they're actually legitimate and they're encouraging, bring them together. And we're always here to help you guys out the best we possibly can. Be sure to check out the Natokinese, the unbelievably effective cardiovascular support supplement on sale right now for over 15% off. Y'all voted. It won. Put it on big sale. I was going to do 10%. We just got a huge batch of it in, so I went ahead and did 15% of it because I know how effective it is for cardiovascular health, especially right now with everything that's going on. So be sure to get the truth out there every single day. Continue to encourage everyone every single day. And thank you for supporting healthmasters.com. Take it. Stop the shop. Stop the shop. Anything else you want to add? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to talk. I'm going to sit here staring at the camera, not saying it here the next minute. I'll, 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 I'll say something else. You look good in that super but I like it. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is not the first time that these crazy liberal Kabbalists, Luciferian synagogues, Satan have argued that the only way to save our democracy is to destroy it. Over the past few months, in the name of defending some democracy, Democrats in multiple states have moved to remove Trump from the ballot. I'm not saying I'm a big Trump fan. You know I'm not. Reality is, that's the truth. They want to destroy it, take it all down, and they're going to destroy it around themselves. It's kind of silly, like putting your house on fire while you're in the middle of it. That's what they're doing. I love you guys. Have a good one. I'm going to stare at the camera. I look silly. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.